You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing Heather Ritchie, who is a wonderful friend of mine, as well as a wonderful example for women. And today our show is called Arise Queen Victorious. This show is going to be geared towards those women who have had heartaches and struggles of any kind, of every kind, and who are endeavoring to rebuild their lives, to overcome, and to find that indomitable spirit within themselves. And Heather, you're such a great example of this. I've interviewed you before, but we're going to do another interview. I want to tell our listening audience just a little bit about you, Heather. Heather spoke at the United Nations in Manhattan, New York, and was invited to attend the United Nations in Geneva, Switzerland, with the Operation Underground Railroad. She will be going soon to Korea as Mrs. USA Universe, and we're so excited to hear about that, Heather, when you come back as well, and of the accomplishments and the women that you'll meet and the stories that you'll have to share with us then. But as for now, we have a great radio show today in inspiring, motivating, encouraging every daughter of God, every woman, that she is a queen in her own right. So please just jump right in and tell us, Heather, you have overcome so much. And I think that that's the premise of all of our achievements, excuse me, in life is that there was a catalyst, something that broke our heart so that we would endeavor to to accomplish something that would help serve and bless those who are struggling. So tell us about your mission, your calling, and your purpose. Okay, well, hello there. I just, I feel that sometimes we just come to our own knowing of the blessings we have when we look back over our lives. And no matter um, if there are ups and downs, sometimes those are, like you say, the catalysts for us and our mission. And so, yes, as a child, I was one of 12 and um, we lived in quite the frugal circumstances. There was a time that we did live in a tent for a year and a half. Um, I did. I talked more about that on a podcast, um, Women Seeking Light, but um Anyway, learning that um, we have a, a God who loves us, that we are being watched over and um, that nothing in our lives, no matter how difficult it is, is too far from him, too far from being seen. So I just, I guess some of the things that I have worked on is is being a voice for children, seeing women struggling in their plight to be heard um, and just to honor ourselves, to listen to our own, um, our own heart. I think a lot of times we're used to hearing other people and trying to seek for answers outside of ourselves. And yes, we can learn and grow from each other. Um, But I recently had a coach. She's a forgiveness coach who teaches us how to slow things down, to listen to what it is you want to do. And um, that way we're driven by love, loving ourselves 
instead of by fear of what may have happened, you know, reoccurring, but just learning that we are, when we focus on what it is that we want in our lives, then we can help create that. I love that. I think that every single woman, every single man, every single person who's been born onto planet earth has come with a gift and Bonjay Featherstone in a BYU devotional that I overheard one day as I was moving through my house. He said, every single person has been born with a gift, something to bring to the earth that can be cultivated, a talent, a gift, something that if they don't know what it is, he said, if you don't know what your gift is, go to God, get on your knees and ask him, what is my gift? And he said, if as you begin to have that revelation stream into your mind and you begin to feel righteous desires, like you said, get get quiet, slow down and listen to what you want to create, what you want to do next, um, that you will have desires and that these righteous desires can work a wonderful work in you and you will then be led to polish and perfect your gift to make it something that can benefit all mankind. And so I love what you shared about just slowing down and regrouping, taking time to say, this might be a time where I just listen to my own heart, do some journaling, do do some praying and pondering and find out what God wants me to do and what is my gift. You have discovered your gift, Heather, your gift for building, uplifting, for seeing the beauty in all women. I've never been around you when you haven't been passing out a crown to somebody, giving somebody a crown. You even gave my mother a crown and giving, just sending so much love and encouraging, uplifting, edifying women to know that they already are beautiful and that they can become the best version of themselves. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I do feel, you know, as a little girl, I remember, I, I do feel, first of all, that every woman is a queen, that every um, everyone has that divine worth um, because we are daughters and sons of a king. So I feel um, just the importance of, I guess, instilling that in others and remembering that ourselves. So when I was a little girl, my mom had me dress in this, I remember it was a purple costume. It was a princess costume, but it was made out of I believe it was curtains because it had those tassel things, <laughs> little balls. She tried her very best out of what she had to make this homespun costume for me. But I I will always remember that, that even though I didn't feel that that was the princess costume I would have chosen, I knew that my mother was was honoring that in me. And I think that, you know, those memories are good. And we just have to keep honoring other people in that way to see their value. That's a beautiful memory of your mother. And I remember we met many years ago and, uh, and then years later, we were both at a Kenneth Cope concert and you were sitting in front of me and we had some conversation and you said, Karen, I want you to come and be a queen in this pageant in July of 2017. And I thought that is something that I never aspired to. I never wanted to um, 
I never saw myself as that. I never saw myself in that role. I wasn't a beauty pageant kind of girl. I was just, I just, you know, I, I wrote in my journals and I tried out for drama and I uh, did plays in high school and loved to sing and write songs for Jesus, but I just never saw myself as that. But I took on that challenge. And what was I? I think I was 50. Uh, that was five years ago. So I was 58, the oldest woman in this. But you looked fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest woman. But the fun of it was, was being able to acknowledge the feminine in me at 58, because we are ageless. And every woman, like you say, is a queen. And being able to to take part in that and get to know those women behind stage, that they were overcomers. These were women who I had always kind of judged beauty, beauty pageant queens as I thought they were just arrogant and that they just yep. were self-absorbed. Yeah. And then I got to know these women and I was voted Miss Congeniality <laughs> and I was so shocked, but I just loved getting to know them and hearing their stories of overcoming and of weight loss, of achieving things, of living in battered homes, of being homeless. And these women were just bettering themselves. And I thought, I need to repent of my short-sightedness and understand the exact cause that you were a part of. Finding these women and seeing them with your beautiful eyes, looking into women and saying, I see in you a queen, and I would love for you to be able to set goals, to be able to achieve, to push yourself a little harder, to become an even better, brighter, more beautiful, brilliant version of yourself. And so I have to tell you, thank you, because that was so much fun. And I learned so much, and I was very humbled in the process. Well, you were a beautiful Mrs. Japan, because... You were conceived in Japan. So I love that part of it. I thought that was so fun. Um, and then you ended up becoming Mrs. or Ms. Premier World. And you've also had other titles with the Global America, Mrs. Global America. And then you were Charis. Anyway, Karen's had a lot of opportunities that have been wonderful. But yeah, I just think all of us need to see in each other the value that is there that our Father in Heaven sees. And when we remember that ourselves, then we are not looking outside of ourselves for somebody to tell us that we're beautiful or that we're wonderful. Of course, mm -hmm. it's always good to hear somebody say that. We need to be around people who are uplifting, who encourage us to be our best. Obviously, that's important. But learning that it comes from inside as well. We have to be telling ourselves the things that our Father in Heaven wants us to hear. I love that, Heather, and I love that at any stage of our life, no matter what age we are, no matter what we've been through, no matter if we've gone through a divorce or the death of a spouse or the death of a loved one, that it's time to slow down, regroup, and think, what do I want to do now that can enhance the daughter of God that I am, and arise the queen victorious in me. I'm so grateful, and we'll be right back after these messages.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. I'm interviewing the beautiful Heather Ritchie today, and I'm so grateful to have you with me today, Heather. I, in the break, we were talking about our lives and how you put the two of us together. And we have, we have lived the experience of many women. If you put our experiences together, because I grew up wanting that vision of one happily ever after. And I've been writing my book in search of happily ever after rewriting my fractured fairy tales. And, but my dream as a little girl was one husband and one set of children. And meeting you and seeing to me, looking at you, I saw the woman who lived the dream that I that I envisioned as a little girl, that I envisioned myself living. And then instead I went through, I went through several marriages, divorces, having many children that I had stewardship over that were in combined blended families. And so I can see how that has brought me a wealth of experience and turned my heart to want to serve women in all different classifications of experience. But I look at you and you have had the gift of one husband and one beautiful set of eight children and have had a little bit of freedom because of your husband's and your choices to be able to serve and have the same kind of goal to still want to serve and be serving and have some time that you can go to faraway places, be an ambassador for women and children. And I think that you have had a beautiful mission that the Lord has called you to and provided a way so that you could perform your mission on earth in a way that, yes, you've still had to make sacrifices financially in order to do that. But would you address that? Because you have such a servant's heart and you have such a beautiful spirit that loves and serves and wants to bless womankind. And I want everybody to feel your purpose, your calling, and your mission, Heather. Well, thank you. I think that if people think, looking at me, that I had it all perfect and great, I they just they only see they only see a little part of it. I think in any relationship or in any family, we all have to work together, and sometimes you know we are learning um, day at a time. I do know I have been very blessed. Um, but I also grew up in very meager circumstances. So um, my husband and I both know how to budget um, because we both grew up similarly that way. But um, a lot of my years, I I was like, we've been married 30 years. So I have most of that time, um, I have been at home cleaning toilets and taking care of children. <laughs> and so um, I actually had it was two sets of kids with the same husband. So I had four and then we had a, a break of five years. And then I had another two, but then one of them passed away. And so then I had two more. So we have, 
kind of this big spread in 20 years, um, you know, four and four, but two. Um, so I guess we have four boys and four girls, but um, yeah, I just feel like wherever we go to serve our time is going to be taken. So we have to figure out where that needs to be and where we want to de devote our time. And if I were to go get a job, then I'd have more money to be able to go do fun things. But then I would also see my kids um, needing my direction or being present for them. So I've had to stay with still within a budget because um, I don't want to be out there working and um, at least right now until they're raised. And so I just, my, um, my situation is they, I kept having them. So I get to take <laughs> care of them. Good and, for you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's just fun. I I'll say this really quickly. I do remember being in, um, at the United Nations in New York and walking into a room with, I had a crown and a sash on at that time. And I just remember they asked for those of us who would be willing to share about ourselves. So I just stood and said that I'm Heather Ritchie and I'm a mother of eight children and that I believe the importance of having fathers be, be involved in their children's and families' lives. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just remember everybody turning and looking at me and I was in a business suit and and standing there saying I had eight kids. Um, one thing that I learned about having a lot of kids is that it doesn't have to keep us from serving. There are going to be times we can, but just like any of us, if we had two or one or none, um, God has a way of using us and every person's story, whether they have it, it look fractured. There's going to be fractures sometimes within a what it looks like a whole marriage. So we all have things we are looking to improve in our lives and just being grateful for the, the blessings. I love that, Heather. And I think that it's so true that, that no matter what we have been allowed to go through, that God doesn't, he, he doesn't allow us to go through something that we wouldn't be able to handle. And I know that sounds trite, but I look at my life and the things that I've been through and I think about if this was my crash course in empathy, kindness, humility, um, tenderness, in having compassion for women going through all kinds of situations. And would I change anything? No, I wouldn't want to go back and relive any of it but I wouldn't change any of it because I do believe that because of what we went through, whether we grew up in a tent or the Taj Mahal, that we learned things and that developed us into very compassionate beings that can have empathy for other human beings and give us ways to relate and to connect to people in, in a variety of ways in which they're suffering, in which maybe we, after we have gone through that part of our life and have arisen victorious over it, we can turn around and extend a hand and help somebody up and lift them. And I see you doing that all the time, Heather. And I love that you have learned how to balance your role as wife, your role as mother, your role as sister, your role as daughter, your role in in blessing womankind and i think it's beautiful i want to ask you 
when you went to uh, the UN, what was your message? I would love to hear. I know we only have a few minutes left in this segment, but if you could share with us the passion that you have to to be an ambassador for women and children, I think that that would be a message that we would all love to hear. Absolutely. So I'm very passionate about seeing children and women protected. I was asked to be on a panel with four, with five women, um, four other women that we were speaking about protecting children from sexual abuse. And that is a passion for me just because I'm driven by it because I have seen people who are very capable be very powerless because they have not gotten to break their silence. And they are, there are unsaid rules, there are said rules, whether it's in family, community, whatever the circumstance where people don't talk about it. And then if they do, sometimes those rules in those circles are condemnation for anybody speaking about it. And sometimes the head honchos, sometimes they know or they say they know the truth, which a lot of times they can be a culprit. So I have just learned when I speak, it is usually in a general way because everyone is affected by it, whether it's in church congregations or um, you know people hide behind the church, um, whichever church you know it's just and communities they get in positions of power whether it's in family units where they have the talking stick it's learning sometimes we have to break through those circles and in order to free our own little voice and as a child knowing what that's like it's important that we come up with solutions to be the change. And so I did create a program with my husband called First Aid for Abuse. And just like medical first aid teaches the ABCs, First Aid for Abuse does too. And it helps with the onset of abuse to know what to do. So we break these cycles. Heather, that's wonderful. I'm excited to learn more about that, about the First Aid for Abuse. I think that that's very crucial, a crucial conversation that we would love to have about what that would entail. I think it's so important that we give each other a voice in our homes and our families to speak our truth. We'll be right back. Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant with Heather Ritchie. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant interviewing Heather Ritchie. And you know, Heather, this is very a very crucial subject. We know that the world is unrest. We, we're all feeling for the people in Ukraine. Um, I just had a text message from a dear friend who just found out that one of her dear friends is in a bunker over in Ukraine. And and it's just, it's amazing, you know, how, how small the world is and we become privy to information that's happening and 
extended lives and sometimes in family members' lives. And yet, is there something that we can do about that? What do we do? And if it's us that's in the crucial situation, we want to give you hope and bring you godly confidence that there is a way through this and that we do need to speak our truth and we do need to be delicate. We do need to find ways and means of speaking up. In my experience, in my life, all I dreamt of was a happily ever after with one husband and one set of children. And so people could look at me and say, wow, you went through a few marriages and what's what's up with you, girl? But um, I kept that vision of a happily ever after alive and I never judged the next guy on the last experience. And when I was, uh, when I was threatened by a gun, in one of those marriages, I knew it was time to exit. I knew it was not time to stay. I knew that it was time to leave. And yet I was very frightened. I didn't tell anybody about that experience for, you know, and this is the first time I've ever said it publicly, but that experience uh, has made me realize that if me in modern day America could be going through that experience and how frightening that was, There are others who are going through that experience as well. And we want to bring you hope and we want to encourage you to use your voice. And I know, Heather, you've had experiences where you have helped women through trials and trying times and um, you, you encourage women to speak, to speak up and children to speak up so that we can get the help that we need. And I think that's a crucial part of this program today that we want our daughters, our sisters our mothers, our friends, to find an advocate where they can tell the truth, where they can speak up, where they will be believed, where their stories will be honored. So Heather, tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, I agree with you 100%. When we keep things a secret, they actually will go in and those secrets kill us inside. So we do have to tell them, even if it's going to cause some problems, We will see people react and not respond the way we want. I've had, um, sadly, the opportunity I have had to report an explosive device and um, some of the contents that go with that in other findings. And so when we have hard things like that to do, we do it to protect other people. And it's not popular sometimes. People don't want to hear those things. And at the same time, that's why we do it is so that people can be safe. So doing the hard thing is difficult. Um, and, you know, if you have or have reason to report abuse or just like you did, um, if you know someone is unsafe, you do have to report that. But all of us have a voice and it's important to use them. I have seen women who are amazing mothers who were accused of the opposite um, very good mothers who would have their children taken from them because of an, an abusive spouse. So I see the importance of still speaking your truth, staying true to who you are. If you know you are innocent to stay true to that. And um, a lot of times we want different people or different sides to like us. And it's important to stay true to you. Things work out and um, being an advocate for yourself has to come first. I think that's the important thing right there is that we all need to be an advocate 
and building our own trustworthiness so that people believe us, that we are believable, that we have honesty and integrity at our core, so that when we do speak up, that people don't doubt. And there will always be those who want to go into denial because it's painful. It's painful to hear that someone we love is suffering. And we all know, you know, of the scenarios where children are afraid to tell their truth because they're told that it will get somebody else in trouble. And I think that it's so important for this part of this show. I'd really like to express the strong concern that we all become an advocate for ourselves, defend our own souls by telling our own truth. You know, I read a book by, um, Oh, he wrote the the road less traveled. Um, Scott, um, Scott Peck, was it Scott Peck? He also wrote a book called People of the Lie, and he talked about the biggest kind of lie we can tell is a lie of self betrayal. And by not speaking up, we are betraying ourselves. By not telling our truth, we are going into self betrayal. And so, it is very important that we choose our battles carefully, and that we do speak up. And so, um, and, and that we do it in a, in a good way, like plastering it all over Facebook and Instagram is not a correct way, but there are authorities that we can go talk to and we need to be careful. We need to be cautious and we need to be aware. Absolutely. I think that there are times that, um, speaking publicly, like people sharing their stories on Facebook. I think that's good to bring awareness, but I do think that we all have to learn when something is appropriate, when it isn't, um, and being willing to work with the authorities and, you know, just being, um, a true arrow yourself, like you said, just our own accountability, um, yeah, sometimes it takes a while for people to believe certain things, but when we have integrity, we just stay with that. And, you know, PTSD does all kinds of things to people. Sometimes they are not going to respond the way that a normal calm person does. At the same time, a lot of abusers are very good at being calm and saying it just right. So it's important that our law enforcement and detectives understand those things too, that a lot of times the people who are acting a little bit over the top, well, they have a reason to. So it's learning the right balance there. It, it can be accused of being overly dramatic, but really when you have something that you need to share that comes out passionately, um, it's, it's just important that you do it. I remember when I was a job coach and I had a client and, um, one day I went to pick her up for work and there was a domestic violence situation and I had to get in my car and run to the police station. And the police actually brought me back to that place. And, um, there was, there was a saving of a situation there because I had acted. And I think that it's just important that we be discerning, know when to act and know how to follow through. And again, I always say this in many of my shows, but being a very prayerful person can help us to remain level-headed so that we can um, approach situations in wisdom 
And I think that that's really important too. So Heather, you have done great work with helping those women and children who have gone through sad experiences to find new hope in life, a ray of light to find the goodness within themselves, to, to get out of self-blame and shame of themselves and to, to hold their head up high and to arise victorious over certain situations and circumstances in their lives. So I'd love for you to finish up this portion of our program with your thoughts about women arising victorious. Well, I think I'm just going to close with saying, you know, whatever it is that helps us get out of bed is important to find that thing. Um, whether it's dark chocolate, whether it is, I have changed my um, ringtone on my phone, my alarm to, it's called Sunrise, and it's just, just beautiful music. So I think that grief or challenges often keep us from wanting to face the day, but we have to push through things. Um you know, having lost a daughter and having had experiences that have been difficult. I know we are valuable. Every woman is a queen. And if we remember that, God will help us know how to rise up to those circumstances. I love that. If you search your scriptures, look in Isaiah and and look up the word, um, awake and arise, O captive daughter of Zion, and you will be very edified to find out that God expects us to arise victorious. This is Carolyn Grant. We're Joey Coaching America on a very sensitive subject today, but we hope that it will land upon your hearts with hope and courage and bravery. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today we are interviewing Heather Ritchie, who is going to Korea as Mrs. USA Universe. And as we send her off. I want to ask you, Heather, what is the platform that you will be going to Korea on? Domestic violence is the national platform for the Mrs. Universe pageant. And um, I have been a national spokesperson for the pledge campaign against domestic violence that Sabrina Pinon had created. Um, but I have an opportunity in open forum to speak about experiences that I feel passionate about. And um, how denial um, actually is sometimes senile. <laughs> it or it's bliss. You know, denial is bliss until it's right in front of your face, and then these patterns that don't get cleared keep coming up. So it's important to to address it, as difficult as it is. To I think the most difficult part about domestic violence for me is seeing it happen, hearing about it happening. Um, seeing these victims continue these cycles. And um, I just, I guess I came to earth with a zero tolerance. I just can't stand that. So 
I just, um, I have to speak about it. And especially because I have, um, a few years ago was a victim of it where I was assaulted by someone I trusted. And, um, you know, I have had to report that. So it's important to report it, especially if you know, if other people are being, are, are in a victim type of a situation where they, there is ongoing abuse, whether in any form, um, domestic violence kind of covers all forms of abuse, but especially the physical abuse. Hmm. Heather, I admire your passion and your courage and your bravery. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of Joan of Arc. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow. you know, it is, it is not an easy thing to stand up for a cause that is uncomfortable for people to hear about and to, to want to acknowledge in many instances. And so I think that this is important. And I hope and pray that this radio show, which will air this Saturday, will, as it becomes a podcast, that you listening audience will feel inspired and impressed with who to take that link and share that link with the link for this podcast. We want to encourage people to to do this in a way, you know, we've all heard of somebody who who has uh, claimed that somebody assaulted them or hurt them, that it didn't really happen and they were just trying to hurt that person. And so we're aware of that too. And so we want to encourage people to stand up in your honesty, to stand up in your openness, to stand up in your your truth and to share those things that are on your hearts that have not maybe been spoken before, but need to be spoken so that it doesn't get perpetuated with another innocent person. I think that that's really important. You know, Heather, I wanted to share that with our listening audience that both of us have found a love of music in healing and for using it in healing. I think music is one of the most healing things. And in my work as a joy coach, I use music, massage, aromatherapy for people who have gone through grief and who maybe aren't ready to talk about it yet, even with a therapist, or maybe they have a therapist as well, but they are they're ready to be nurtured and to allow um, safe, very non-invasive touch. Maybe it's just to hands and feet uh, to experience some nurturing love and through therapeutic massage therapy along with with music. And so for years I've written music and I know that you have too, that both of us have endeavored to share the gift of song to help mend broken hearts. And I'd love for you to tell us about the CD that you brought to me today. You brought a beautiful CD. If you would share with us the title of your CD and, and your work with music, I would love that. Sure. So I brought it's called Every Footstep. It's an album that I I had made and produced. Um, and this was, I guess this was my last one. The one prior to it was sold in Deseret Book called Hold Your Light Up. And music has also been very healing for me. There came a point where um, that was just my way of expressing myself. And then when I... I saw all of these situations of abuse. It was difficult for me to push through that. And also with my losing my daughter, 
once I had a couple other children, I was so busy taking care of them that, you know, I, I do often on, um, performances, but I have had many opportunities to hearing it over the radio and having the orchestra from Temple Square come or some of the musicians come and play on it. So just some amazing opportunities um, that I am so thankful for, but I hope to continue doing it. And I know my mission for speaking for children had to help remove those blocks. And so that's still down the road for me, some of some more recording, but um, right now I just, I perform a little bit on, on worldwide devotionals on Facebook, um, just a lot of Anne Murray songs and um, Karen Carpenter. Mm, I love uh, both of them too. Will you tell us some of the titles of your songs? I think just hearing the titles speaks volumes. So I would love for you to just share some of the titles. Sure. So Every Footstep, that's kind of, I had ancestors cross the plains on both sides. So I wrote that about them. Um, who We Are just also reflects, you know, there are storms in our lives and um but we can see who we are through those storms um and i love a josh groban song that says um when you're in the storm face the rain like feel mm. the rain just face the storm and feel the rain um i'll carry you is a footprint song it's just like the poem footprints in the sand um but it talks about how christ carried us on the cross and in the garden um, you rescue me is kind of a love song, but it can also apply to Christ that sometimes we are in a crowd, um, and we feel lost and alone, but Christ will come and rescue us. Um, and sometimes it's just knowing he's there with us, but, um, miracles is another one. Just do I believe in miracles and the miracle inside of ourselves that we are a miracle it doesn't matter where we've been, what we've been through. We are a miracle every single day and God can use us no matter where we've been. Um, Witness for Christ. I just, I wrote that because it, the first line is here I stand and take a step. Um, let's see. Anyway, here I stand and look ahead and take that step, you know, and so it's just, and that she's a witness for Christ or he's a witness for Christ that I was saved for such a time as this. So mm. I could be a witness for Christ. So whatever it is we've been through, we can be that witness. Um, Remember me is about my, I wrote that song years before losing my daughter, but I ended up singing number seven, remember me at her funeral. Mm. Um, I tried to get friends, um, my singer songwriter friends to come and sing and they couldn't. And so it was like that morning I felt her pushing me to do it. It was hard. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was hard. Um, but I'm thankful I did it. Love is in the room is about family, about when love is in the room, angels gather around. We mm. do not want to hurt anyone around. And that, you know, that's, that can be with our thoughts, our, our words, our actions. And, it's just that reminder that we all, we need to see the other person as a value as much as we see ourselves as value. Um, then to stand for him, it kind of talks about Joseph in Egypt, that he, his, his virtue was the most important thing. And I love, I love Joseph in Egypt because um, unlike David, 
in the Old Testament, he did fight Goliath, but Joseph from Egypt was true to his virtue. And I love that part so much. And I think that we all can remember um, that example. And then Faith of Nephi, just with the Faith of Nephi, I will go and do. It's kind of a song that I thought was so cheesy and I was never going to let anybody hear it. And I let my husband hear it one day and he said, that's your best song. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So we sing it as a family a uh, lot. Um, Be Not Afraid is the final one on this album. And just um, when you're reaching for an anchor, he's there. So, Oh, Heather, I would love to. I'd love to close the show with one of your songs. And if we were to close the show with a song by you, singing to us, which one would it be? Oh my goodness. I would probably say like just a little bit from Faith of Nephi or Witness. Okay. I'm going to let you choose because you listen to I'm going to listen to the whole album and then I'm (laughs) going to see which one fits this topic today. I, I love the subject, Be Not Afraid, because I think that that's what dumbs people down and what stops people from speaking their truth. And um, I know from having gone through multiple experiences in marriage and being a very trusting person and just taking people at face value and uh, that I have experienced some things in my life that um, could have made me bitter I have chosen to become better because of those experiences. I look back on my experiences as I have finished writing my 309-page In Search of Happily Ever After book, and I have realized that uh, this, this experience of life is such a gift, and if we come out of it better rather than bitter, isn't that the whole point, that we develop Christ-like qualities of love and forgiveness and tenderness and compassion and empathy for all of humankind. And Heather, I have to say that after doing this show with you today, I love your heart even more. I see the purity of your soul. I see your bravery, your conviction, your passion, and your pursuit. And I know that you were born for your mission, calling, and purpose to inspire and to put on fire those who need to express their voice and to speak their truth. This is Karen Lynn Grant, Joy Coaching America.